0: So much, everybody, for joining us here today for the Enoch Baptist Church podcast. This is your host, CB Baker, along with our pastor, Dr. Michael G. Daniels. The subject today is a continuation of the marriage and relationship um, series that we're doing. So, today's topic is how to deal with and really get into the groove of things. After the honeymoon phase is over and how to really build a strong relationship and marriage. So welcome to the show, Dr. Daniels. Thank you, and uh,
1: it's always great to be here, and I'm looking forward to us uh, really getting into this topic because I find that for many couples, uh, that's their greatest concern. You know, the biggest issue is, you know, we've we've gone through that stage where we cannot get enough of each other, and now we're trying to settle down and, and get into the groove of being married, and so that's a challenge for most people, so I'm looking forward to us having a great discussion on that today.
0: Now, you know, they always say the best, the best thing to do in a relationship is to really stay, keep dating each other. So, how do you feel about that? Is that a good way to to stay to keep the relationship and the marriage fresh? Is if you keep dating each other? Well, I, I think the uh, the problem with uh, dating
1: on a continual basis is it's not realistic. Uh, not only that, it does not really line up with what the Bible says a marriage ought to be. So one of the the great things, um, one of the great fallacies of that is, is that it's just like eating ice cream. Um, No matter how great it is the first time you eat it, if you keep eating ice cream every day. After a while, you get tired of it. So what you have to do is establish your marriage in a, in a more like a step system so that each time you get to a higher level or a higher level a higher level. And when you do that, you keep that way you have some stuff to focus on looking forward to build upon. And it keeps everything fresh because you're continually reaching for new heights as opposed to let's continue to have fun all the time. Not, you know, not, and I say fun. Maybe I don't want to confuse people because I don't want you to think that reaching for goals is not fun. But uh, after a while, you know, going to movies and things
0: of that nature—let's uh, right. face it—they do get old after a while. If that's all you have, right? How do we get to the point where we can start finding that real foundation and really cultivating and helping that grow? The first thing that couples need to, to do is to start to ask
1: themselves, as a, a couple, where are we trying to go? Uh, not how much in love are we trying to be in, but where are we trying to go in this relationship? What people fail to think about oftentimes when they get married is you don't really get married for love. You get married because I am in love. But what your goal should be is to be better with the person than you are without the person. So once you get married and you found that person you're going to live with for the rest of your life, the next step is to say, okay, now that we are here, let's look at some goals that we can work on together so that we can become a partner in improving our lives. And just like you would in any business operation you, you, then you will start to say, what do we want for short term goals? What do we want for long term goals? And once you do that, now you can position yourselves in a way so that the roles become clearer as opposed to the roles becoming kind of overlapping and foggy.
0: Yeah, that goes back to that old saying, making sure you're equally yoked going into the relationship. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And, and and people need to recognize that being equally yoked don't mean we are the same. It just means we understand where we're going and we both have the same idea about how we're going to get there. And so unfortunately for some people, um, they don't uh, get equally yoked before they get married. Uh, and so after they get married, now we just have to establish what are our short term, mid term, and long term goals, and what is each party going to do to help us get there. And and so a part of the joy in life is also getting to the goal. You know, right. once you have achieved the goal, uh, then the kind of the, the excitement kind of dissipates. You know, right. And that's why you need short term, mid range, and long term goals because each time you get there, you're excited about reaching the goal, but right. then you realize I have to go to get to my midterm goal. So now you're excited about getting there. And each time you get to a goal, you're more excited. It also locks you into the person because then you get, you begin to depend upon that person because mentally you start to think, you know what, they helped me get here. Right. And so I also need them to get to the next level. So it kind of binds you more. Uh, unlike, uh, dating, you know, if, if all my marriage is based upon is, is us dating, us going to the movies, us right. going out to clubs, you know, that routine can get boring after a while. It's also short term. You know, you don't get excited about going on a date six months down the road. Right. You know, it, it's right. it's this Friday. But if I'm saying we want to do something within 12 months, every time I see myself getting closer, I get excited. So it keeps me energized throughout for the duration and not just for the short term.
0: Yes, you know, you're right there in my wheelhouse, uh, uh, Pastor, when you talk about goals, because that's, you know, what Conquer Dreams is all about is what, you know, conquering your dreams and getting and reaching your goals. So as a unit, as a, you know, a married couple, so you're basically saying that you have to take the time out and say, okay, today we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about what goals we have and, now, how does that conversation take place and how to handle it if you're not equally yoked yet? because somebody's going maybe to be a little on the street side could be saying, Well, I'm gonna play the lottery uh four days out of the week and other person's like, Well, you know, you might need to go, you know, get an apprenticeship to go get a job at a shipyard or something like that. How do we how do we manage through that whole scenario in that beginning stages, especially for a young couple? Well, and, and you're right, that, that can be a difficult
1: process if, if at least one of the people in the room, you know, doesn't have that background to, to keep things stabilized. But one of the things um, you, we have to be able to do is to recognize whether or not there's a goal or whether or not it's an activity. You know, for example, if someone says, I want to play the lottery, that's an activity. That's not a goal. Right. Right. The question becomes, why are you playing the lottery? You know, what are you trying to accomplish? If you win the money, what are you going to do with the money? And so now we can begin to look at the goal, because if they say to me, well, if I win this lottery, then I'm going to buy a house. OK, now we got a goal. And right. that goal is we want to buy a house. So now we have to say, well, OK, how long is it going to take? What's realistic? And let's look at the goal based on you not winning the lottery, but mm-hmm. also we can look at it if you win the lottery. But let's not plan for you winning. Let's plan for you not winning. Because right. we want to base our plans on a couple of things. One, what's the worst case scenario? What's the most likely scenario, and what's the best case scenario? Uh, you never want to plan on the best case scenario all the time. You really want to plan on the worst case scenario, but accept that the other two may happen. And so, um, you know, th- that's a that's a key aspect of looking at how we're going to set up our goals. The other thing we have to recognize is, and again, you you hit the nail on the head. Our goals probably are not going to be the same, right? Because we probably walked into this relationship having different expectations of the other party than they had of themselves. So now we have to figure out, you know, based on that, what do we really want out of life together and, and then start to establish that there are some basic things that all couples usually want which is, you know, all couples tend to want a home. Mm -hmm. All couples tend to want to be able to take vacations. All couples tend to want to do those basic things in life. Most couples want children, you know, those kind of things. Most couples want to be successful in their careers, whatever the career is. We may not know what it is, but we know you want to be successful in that career. So let's say for the sake of argument that one person wants to be a successful in a career, but as you said, they have done nothing to this point to get them there. Right. So now we have to say, okay, how are we going to help you reach that goal? You know, it may be your short-term goal is we're going to get you in a community college. A mid-range goal, we're going to get you in a four-year university. And long-term goal, we're going to let you get your your master's degree. You know, that can be a part of that process. And I'm going to help you get there. But also, I have a goal for the family. Because let's say you had a GED But I had a doctorate degree when we got married. So I don't need to go to college. So now we look at what are those other goals that I'm setting up, which may be, you know, I'm going to get my business, you know, up and running. Let's say I'm a counselor. I'm I'm a counselor and I got my my PhD. Right. I want to get my business up and running. So while you're going to school, we still have to say, well, what do we do to help me reach my goal? How can you help me get there? So it may be that in order for me to get my business, you know, running, you serve as my receptionist you know, part-time or whatever so I can save on labor costs while I'm getting things up and running right. until we get financially stable enough for me to hire a receptionist. Now, I might reach that goal in one year. So now you're happy because, you know, you no longer have to serve as that capacity. I'm happy because I reached that goal. We both feel good. You're right. in school and moving forward. So those are the kind of steps that we have to take in order to keep going forward and to keep realizing success. And, and let me just throw this in. You never want your goal, your, your short-term goals to be so lofty that you have difficulty reaching them. Right. You know, short-term goals ought to be easy enough
0: to challenge you, but easy enough so you can reach them so you can get some success early. Now, I, I want our listeners to understand one thing, too, is he passes talking about something where both people are in love and on the same team. That's very key because you mentioned something that a lot of people might have issues with, which is a male or female being the receptionist at the job that the, that the other that their spouse is the boss of. You know, they may say, well, I'm not you know, I'm not you're not my boss, you know, but you're in if you're in this together. You'll never have that thought cross your mind because, you know, there's an ultimate goal here that we're trying to achieve. And this is one way I could get to my next step in order to get to where I'm trying to go. So that is one thing I wanted to point out because the thought crossed my mind, you know, Pastor, and we we want to have this in the podcast. Like I want to have the thoughts of the people that's out there listening, like may cross their mind. So, wait a minute now, this don't sound too right. But you know what? If you're on the same team, everything is all good. Well, you, you're absolutely right, and, and
1: and and we need to be we have to be realistic, right? Because you know it has to be. People need to be able to take this and utilize it, and and and, and that comes across, you know, where people uh, do feel like if we are. Um, in that kind of relationship where we are working in the same business, let's say, well, who's going to be in charge? Who's going to be the boss? But that not only occurs in, a build, in the building of a business, it also occurs in the building of a home. Who's going to be the head of the household? Uh, again, that's why I say that we need to define roles while we are looking at how we're going to move forward and, and, and do these things, uh, because no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, your role uh, if you do it, there is no need for a boss, and, and that's the key. Right. And see, and, and oftentimes, what people don't understand is what the role of a boss really is. Again, see, if I know my role as a boss, you're glad I'm your boss, even if you are my wife, right. or if you know if the situation is reversed. The role of a manager is to give me the resources I need so I can get my job done. <laughs> You know, the role of manager is not to stand over top of me with a whip and a chain and, you know, force me and yell at me. But it is to give me everything I need to get my job done. So with that in mind, if I am the receptionist, I'm trying to get my job done because it benefits me. (laughs) Because if I get my job done and my wife business is successful, that's more money in the household (laughs) So that's benefiting me. So I want my wife to help me to be a good receptionist so we can get more money. So I can leave the job as a receptionist faster so she can hire one that she wants. So again, but now if she's the kind of domineering person that wants to act like, well, I'm in charge and that, you know, that's problematic. So the person that's functioning in, in either role has to accept that it's a role that you are playing. It's a partnership. And I want to say that, too. That's a key thing. It's a partnership. Partnerships are not based on who's larger in charge. Partnerships are based on we both have a role to play, you know, in whatever endeavor we undertake. Uh, One of the things that I like to tell couples when they are trying to transition from relationship to partnership is, that you have to come to an appreciation that we each have to stay in our own lane. And if you don't establish that early, you're going to be in trouble.
0: Yeah. And that, and that takes, that goes back to our first conversation that we had um, last week and other podcasts, which is the communication. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to open up that communication. You have to be able to have those, those talks without people getting too upset over certain things. And then, I tell people when you hit a nerve, they'll let you know, and then don't step on it again. Just say, "Why was that? Why was that a touchy subject for you?" And ask the question, and really get deep into it to really find out, like you said, where the roles are at at the early stages of your marriage. Because if you let it go on two, three years and you don't really address it, it's coming. Right. No matter, it's, you ain't gonna. It, you just prolonging it from having. Right. And the
1: longer you wait, the more difficult. It becomes and that's why uh, the other thing and I just throw this out there for for our our audience is that you know and we're taking this from a biblical perspective as well so people need to understand that from a biblical perspective um, marriage is a contractual relationship marriage is not a love relationship but a contractual relationship in any contractual relationship uh, both parties are in it because there is value in both of them being in it. In a contract, in order for a contract to be binding, I must give up something to get something. I give up money to get a service or vice versa. Something has to be sacrificed to get something. That's what makes the contract binding. So it is in a, a, a relationship, in a marriage I give up something to get something it may you know whatever it may be it may be I give up being single to get something or I give up you know something but the point is if if you look at it from that standpoint this is a contract and so as we began to establish how we're going to function as partners and I cannot emphasize that enough it's how we're going to function as partners when you function as lovers, you argue all the time mm. because you are striving for dominance. Right. That's not what you're doing. And then emotion gets involved because you're thinking to yourself, you love me. How in the world can you ask me to do X? Or how can you say I did this wrong? We're partners in a relationship. right? So how do we function as partners in this marriage? And when you focus on a partnership contractually, you understand that my role is to do contractually what's in the contract and your role is to do what's in the contract. Uh, And and that makes things a whole lot easier. It makes you adapt faster. And it doesn't mean I don't love you. It just means I do what I do out of duty and I do what I do not because I love you, because you can love somebody and still not make them happy. You can love someone and not do a thing. My children love me. But that don't mean they wash dishes every time I ask them to do it. Right. That don't mean they clean their rooms up every time I ask them to do it. So just because you love somebody don't mean you do what they say do. But if it's in the contract, you do it because you have a duty to do it, whether you like the person or not. And that really, if you think about it, is what you want in a partnership. You reach your goals
0: by fulfilling that which you promise to do, not by just saying I love you. Mm. A very good point. Now, I'm going to ask this question, playing, playing devil's advocate here. What happens or how should we handle the situation when somebody is breaking the contract? Well, it's just like in any contract,
1: there are consequences to breaking the contract. Um, when the person is married to you, unfortunately, uh, unlike in a a true business relationship. right? Uh, you can't take them to court. Well, you can, I shouldn't say you can't. You, you can take them to court and say they defaulted. <laughs> <laughs> but, if you, but going to court saying they defaulted is really we're divorcing one another <laughs> right. because you defaulted on the contract. And we don't necessarily want to do that. Uh, but what you want to always do is is make it in a, in, a, in a stage, you know, a thing. You have to first figure out why did a person default on the contract? You know, most people, If you're married to someone who's level-headed, you know, and reasonably, you know, level-headed, most people want to obtain the goal. Mm -hmm. Now, if I want to obtain the goal, I will follow what's in the contract. If I'm not following what's in the contract consistently and I refuse to do it, chances are the goal we've established, I don't like. I just went along with it because you said so. So what I really need to do is go back and figure out and really talk it out and and recognize, is this really a goal that we both want? And if it's not a goal that we're both trying to get to, now I can appreciate why you're not holding up your part of the bargain. And perhaps this is a goal that, you know, either I have to make a decision, I'm the one that's going to be responsible for this, or let's change and get another goal because it's not benefiting both of us. We have to remember right. that all the goals should benefit everybody right. and not just one party.
0: Yeah, and that goes that goes into also that you have to speak up, and I, I can't tell you how many times men have we talked about the last podcast, would just sit and be quiet because they don't want to have the conversation or they don't want to have the difficult conversation because it could turn into an argument, so they just be quiet, but then they secretively being resentful for things that are going on, mm-hmm. but it's not man like to stand up and say you know, what this is bothering me emotionally. So we kind of just take it internally. So we got to, as men, you know, or, the, or significant other, or females have to understand, like you have to hold yourself accountable in a relationship to be able to speak up when you're not getting um, a, or reaching a goal that you want to reach, you know? Cause sometimes, you know, if you get in the relationship where one person is more dominant than the other, it says, OK, I want X, Y and Z. And the wife or the husband says, OK, but they really don't want to go there, but they don't want to tell you no. So how how can we encourage these other spouse that's not, not necessarily the the less dominant one, I should say, to be more forceful to kind of even things back out? Well, if you notice, uh, I, I don't use the
1: term relationship. I keep trying to move from relationship to, to partnership. partnership. Because in a relationship that is prevalent, you know, that's how we, we are oftentimes. You know, we say for the sake of the relationship, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Right. No one says that in a partnership. <laughs> right. For the sake of the partnership, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. No. If you have a contract, you don't say I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Let me give you an example. I don't care how submissive you are. If you have a contract to have someone come over and fix the plumbing in your house, if they come over and the plumbing is not fixed, you don't say, "Well, I'm going to go ahead and pay them because I don't want to start trouble, and I'm just going to not let the plumbing work." No, you may not. You may not be arrogant. You may not be boisterous, but you still say to the person, "Excuse me, sir. When I flushed the toilet, it did not work. It didn't work because you don't view it as a relationship. You view it as a contractual matter." That's what I mean when I say we have to understand that marriage is a contractual issue. It's not a relationship issue. You may... Fall in love with the person, but biblically, it's a contractual thing. We both have roles to play. And if we're going to get there, we have to understand those roles. So from that standpoint, and this is what I encourage people to do um, in in my counseling sessions, is to write down the roles, Mm -hmm. write down the contractual obligation that we both have decided and do that early on, and that way it's not an argument anymore. Now, I can't force you to do it, but it's in writing. Here's what you agreed to do to get us where we want to go. So if we're going to get there, for me, it's not about me arguing with you and saying, well, you didn't do X, Y, Z. All I do is come back and say, hey, if you want us to get here, this is what I need you to do in order for us to get there. You have a right not to do it. Right. It just means we're not going to get there. So let's say the issue is we're supposed to be saving 10% of our income so we can buy a home. Right. But, you know, you like to shop. And so consistently you're spending more money. And so we're not saving that 10%. For me, I, I don't get any upset. I'm just saying, listen, here was the goal. Right. The goal was for us to buy a house in five years. We needed to save 10% of our income. Because of you, we're not doing that. So the question is, do we really want the house? Right. If we do want it, this is what you have to do. If not, we're going to stay in this one-bedroom apartment, and that's just it. Right. we have no other choice. Um, and usually, people who have reasonable sound minds will come to a conclusion that, you know what? I didn't follow the ground rules.
0: I'm going to make a change because I want the house as much as you do. Right, that's right. The, the roles. We talked about this last uh, week and you said, oh, that was one that we could really go on for a whole episode. So we got about um, 10 minutes left in this uh, podcast and I want to go let's dive deep and get into the weeds a little bit on how does a couple handle that conversation and who in your mind or advice wise or what does the Bible say who should have the conversation or initiate the conversation first? Well, Um, it would, it's always a good idea for
1: that conversation to be initiated in premarital counseling. Let me say that up front. Okay. Um, because, um, that's when you ought to really decide if I'm willing to do what we have been talking about. Right. And so you really need to know before you get married, if I can handle this and if you can't, don't get married yet. There's a little maturation that needs to take place before you can jump in. But let's say you're already married, you know, it's a done deal, and now you're ready to tackle the roles. If you are a Bible-believing couple, my suggestion is always you seek biblical counseling. Um, just because um, you need someone to help you guide, you know, guide you through that process so you can see clearly. And so it doesn't appear as if someone is trying to get the upper hand right. uh, doing that process. Because the Bible is extremely clear on what the roles are and why we have the role. So That would be step number one If there's no one in your church home That you are comfortable with Giving you biblical counseling uh, Then I would say What would need to take place then Is whoever in the group Has the uh, strongest biblical background Ought to be the one to lead the conversation But hopefully that's the one that understands that because the other person does not have a strong biblical background, it means they have to present it in a way that doesn't seem domineering. You know, um, when you look at the roles, and let me say this for all the people that think that the roles are um, somewhat skewed uh, so that the woman has more work uh, and this, it's not the case. If you look at the roles based on the way the Bible lays them out, men have, the most difficult part in that process because a woman's role is laid out straightforward. A woman's role is about managing the home and the the Bible is straight on how to do that. The Bible says the man's role is to provide for the needs of their wife according to what they have within them. Need, supply their every need according to what they have. Now, uh, a woman's needs vary. Right, they change daily. They change weekly. They change as they grow. But my job is to supply that need. And being a business owner, you can understand that because right. you have to supply for the needs of your employees to get your job, get the work done. Right. And as you know, they just think their job is harder than yours. Right. <laughs> but you know, the truth of the matter is, you work harder than everybody. Right. And it's the same process. Uh, The average woman in a relationship has needs from three different fronts because she is a woman, she is a a wife, and she is a mother, and all three of those roles that she plays have various needs. So my job is to understand as a husband, what are her needs as a woman? Make sure those are met. What are her needs as a wife? Make sure those are met. What are her needs as a mother? Make sure those are met. And if her parents are still living... What are her roles as a daughter and make sure those are met? That's difficult because Mm -hmm. it requires me to always be taking a temperature of where she's at in every aspect of her day so I can make sure that's accomplished. So I have to constantly be on work. Well, so I'm just saying it's a difficult job, but if done properly, you find um, that uh, wives are
0: very happy. In that relationship <laughs> <laughs> Yes Especially if all their needs is met They're, they're going to be How's the saying go? Happy wife Happy, happy life, happy life. And, and Let me just say
1: now I'm, I'm saying needs And not wants There you go And, and that's the difference uh, But even if you supply all the needs they still happy Every now and then You drop a want in Just, just for security's <laughs> sake
0: <laughs> But I, I guarantee you one thing You will find out When a need ain't met Oh, absolutely! Yeah, absolutely. You either find
1: out because they'll be packing up and going out the door, or because it will be held in the family. Yeah, right.
0: Yes, well, you have heard it here, people. With uh, Pastor Doctor Michael G. Daniels and your host of the Enoch Baptist Church Podcast, CB Baker of Conquering Dreams. Thank you once again for joining us. We'll be back next week with the third part of this series for marriage and relationships. The next time.